the amount of talent and depth Florida State has in the trenches on both sides, the offensive line and defensive line, is just absolutely absurd. And you, you have you legitimately have nine guys in this defensive tackle room that you feel good about, and only two can get on the field at a time. It's absolutely insane. Hey guys, it's Terrence Nan. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go Dolls. Hey, what's up? This is Peter Ward, aka E Dub, in the house. You know, we're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. Go live, go nose. Hi, this is Charlie Ward, and you're listening to Hear the Spear, go nose. This is Terrell Fuckley. You're listening to Hear the Spear presented by No Game Day. No bloody. But perhaps better known as the greatest corner to ever step on a football field, Deion Primetime Sanders. Great Deion Sanders, my brother. What's going on, man? I, I could wake up to that greedy every day, man. That was awesome. Hello, those fans. This is former Seminole Derek Brooks, and you're listening to Here's the Spear, presented to you by No Game Day. James Wilder Jr. What's going on, James? Thanks for having me on. SSOD, Florida State or Die, and go no. William Barnon Floyd. Gentlemen, what's up? What's happening, guys? This is Logan Robinson from Here the Spear, presented to you by NoGameDay.com. We are here live on a wonderful, fantastic Wednesday evening. And man, oh man, do we have a lot to talk about. We are so close to Florida State and Minerville hitting the practice fields, which will actually happen tomorrow in the late afternoon window. We just got done with a wild, wild a uh, big-time meeting at Florida State between the Board of Trustees that we'll be discussing and giving our thoughts on Florida State landed Charles Lester. We were there for that commitment, so we'll be discussing that and also a few things that he told us about a few targets he's after, including five-star safety, K- safety K.J. Bolden, which he'll be picking on Saturday. We will be giving our prediction there on who he'll be selecting to go to for his future university. Florida State landed multiple commits, too, within the week. Big-time USC former commit ends up going to pick Alex Atkins in the offensive line, so we'll be discussing that along with a few other guys. And then at the very end, we'll be talking about some of the press conference quotes that Dustin got with after the opening press conference to the season from Mike Norvell and all the coaching assistants. And at the very end, we'll be talking our fall camp defensive preview as a loaded podcast. So make sure you sit back, relax, hit the like button on YouTube. Let me introduce the guys with me. It's Austin Vizi, our lead basketball writer at the very top. And also down below is our editor-in-chief, Dustin Lewis. Gentlemen, how we doing? We're here, baby. It's, it's almost football season in Tallahassee. I, I don't know what you're talking about. I mean, with the way today went, football season has officially begun. I know the team's not going get to get to hit the field tomorrow, but, I mean, man, the steady amount of news flowing out of Tallahassee right now after meeting with the coaches earlier and also the board of trustees meeting and the comments that were made there, it feels like we're directly in the middle of the year. Yeah, it's been it's been a whirlwind of a, of a week so far, and I, I think we're just getting started. Yeah, no, I think we are just getting started. There's a lot to talk about on this show tonight. It, it, it feels good. I've already felt like we've been in football season. I've been at training camp going on the seventh day tomorrow morning here in Tampa. So I definitely feel the heat. It's good to have the cleats on, have that grass in the morning, smell it. feels good, and it's going to feel good to be out there tomorrow, which I'm heavily looking forward to. We're going to run two training, two camps in one day. We're going to see if we'll survive or not, but super excited to be up there in Tallahassee. Yeah 
2024 when the Seminoles hit the practice fields for the first time in 2023. Before we get started, make sure you guys, if you're on YouTube right now, I can't stress enough, hit that like button, hang out with us, share with your friends. If you're on Facebook too, hit the share button, hit the like button. Appreciate everybody coming to hang out with us. The last couple of shows, this is going to be the case for the next God knows what, nine months it feels like. Definitely if Florida State can make a run here, we will be here live every Wednesday night along with instant reactions immediately on site after games for you guys. So a ton of coverage coming this upcoming season, and it's all heavily here on Hear the Spear and our YouTube channels, Facebook and Twitter as well. So make sure you guys are locked in there. But let's get started. We don't have enough time to waste, gentlemen. Let's jump into Charles Lester's commitment. Florida State lands five-star cornerback Mike Norvell gets his guy we saw a little bit of some you know rumors flying you know we were hearing things of Deion Sanders obviously too we saw Charles Lester go take that last minute visit I know he was also with his teammates as well but comes back home and then ends up picking the Seminoles Dustin you and I were on site there for what was uh, and and Uh, pretty insane yeah pretty insane ceremony absolutely insane i think it was delayed a good 45 minutes we're waiting in the parking lot we were told here come get some shots of charles coming through the parking lot and we waited out there for 30 minutes (laughs) and then we had about a 10 minute walk and it felt like a wwe kind of walk-in or a boxing match walk-in with how much media was in front of him a lot of his friends family uh teammates uh even now Tribe 24 fellow commit Luke Cromanhawk also in attendance and his family as well. So it was just filled heavily, definitely FSU wise, but still had to wait until the very last moment when he came out and they took away the drapes and boom, he comes out with a crown on his head. He's got an FSU jersey on. He's got a lit up spear. The lit up spear, which was pretty badass, and comes out with the war chant rocking, but a, a big time commit for the Florida State Seminoles in this 2024 class, Dustin. Huge win, huge win for Florida State, and this is an announcement that's going to be remembered for a long time, especially if Charles Lester goes on to become a star at FSU. And, you know, we talked about extensively last week and that we really felt like uh, the late push by Colorado and everything like that was really just Charles Lester building up some hype to, uh, before committing to Florida State. I mean, that's exactly really what it ended up being, and you know, to get this one in the boat, this is one that FSU has been waiting on for a while. Charles Lester is going to jump right in <clears throat> and start recruiting for this 2024 class. Uh, we spoke to him right after the ceremony and someone that he mentioned immediately, KJ Bolden, who obviously we're going to talk about later tonight and who's going to be committing on Saturday um, at, at 730 Eastern. But Lester making him a big target. So I think, you know, getting a five star cornerback is only going to help in your pursuit of the number one safety in the country and then just Lester by himself. I mean, you're breaking in a really elite athlete who has been a top national recruit over the past couple of years. You know, Florida State's invested a lot of resources into this kid from the coaching staff to having even the current commits reaching out to him before he committed. And they're really excited about this. And we, we, we heard Lester talk about potentially playing on both sides of the ball um, yeah. at Florida State. You know, we'll see how that progresses moving forward. But I mean, it's certainly a, an interesting possibility. We saw a video come out, too, of Lester having that silent commit happen with Mike Norvell and then also the coaching staff being around him walking out of the office of Norvell. And, you know, he's been committed for a good little while here, and it's given him some time, too, to do some things behind the scenes. And, you know, when we talk about K.J. Bolden later on in this episode, 
We'll see how much of an impact that makes on potentially grabbing a big time, really talented player with Bolton up there in Georgia, being him in the fold. You kind of get a feeling of a Derwin James, Jalen Ramsey-esque type of tandem here. That's the amount of talent that you're bringing to your defensive backfield. But for Florida State to be able to solidify a guy that loved Florida State and have those relationships, that's what it came down to. Lester and his family absolutely love Mike Norvell, and they believe in the process and what he's doing and and building a a program the right way, and they're willing to be there and and commit and and go further in that and, you know, hopefully bring championships. That's something Lester talked about. You know, he believes heavily that Florida State's going to win the national championship in 2023, and he sure does have the confidence, too. Once he arrives, he'll be bringing – some rings as well, but you know, it, it came down to relationships, man. And, you know, I understand you got to have the hype there a little bit. We kind of felt the same way. If you listened to our episode last week, that this is just something that, you know, the kid wanted to build some hype. I would do the same thing. I would, I would drive it like crazy. They would hate me for how much I would continue to just keep on building it and try to have some kind of anticipation over my two-star status. But still Charles Lester, did his thing. It was a great ceremony. It was fun. Uh, you know, that was one of my first experiences being at one of those, but uh, full of hype. And you could just tell too how much of an impact he makes in that Sarasota community, man. They were all, all over him, dancing with the kids, had multiple aunts come up to me and, you know, they were smirking a little bit when I was say, how are you feeling about today? And they're already wearing FSU gear. So yeah. <laughs> it, it just felt like it was going to be the Seminoles throughout it. It just was like, all right, when is it going to happen type of deal? We've also got to give a shout out to uh, your roommate, our cameraman who did an awesome job with the live stream. But, you know, along with Charles Lester, you mentioned having Luke Cromanhawk there. I think it says a lot about this guy and, you know, his future as a leader, at Florida State to make a seven-hour trip down from Savannah, Georgia, all the way to Sarasota to support one of his future teammates' announcement. And you can tell that these guys are pretty close. Charles Lester had him come up on stage after and, you know, gave him – they both gave each other some words of encouragement, dapped each other up, and it seems like they're really excited for the future of this Tribe 24 class moving forward. But, I mean, just for Luke to do that, you know, you don't see that from a lot of guys, a lot of high school recruits across the country. Um, You know, he's not just – He's not just spitting out words. He's going out and proving what he wants to do in this Tribe 24 class and also bring to Florida State once he and the remainder of this group get here. So, I mean, for him to make that trip and then also directly after the ceremony, begin to head to Tallahassee for the Seminole Showcase the next day, says a lot about him and, you know, the people that he has around him. And I think you've got to be excited not only with this edition of Charles Lester, but also with what you've seen from your future quarterback throughout the summer. Yep. Luke being very hands-on in this and you know he's not done yet Uh, a lot of these guys in the class including Cam Davis doing a lot of work behind the Mm -hmm. scenes as well so it just goes to show to what Mike Norvell is putting in his future locker room with leaders highly social and and getting work done and helping this coaching staff because a lot of players like listening to other players too and getting their thoughts. So a big time commitment for Florida state. And that's going to be a huge bell cow for the Florida state Seminoles to use in this next year before he comes into Tallahassee. Uh, Charles Lester was not the only commit Dustin. It's been a busy last couple of days, nonstop. (laughs) There's no breaks. We just could go ahead and say there's no more breaks here until hopefully we get to February or something like that. And I'm fine with that. All gas, no breaks type of deal. But nonetheless, we've got some commits to talk about. As we mentioned earlier in the show, Florida State and Coach Atkins. I mean, it, I mean, it just is what it is at this point. 
And I think two FSU fans, no matter kind of who it is, if it's a project player, a guy that you're going to have to develop for two years or so, FSU fans believe in anyone that kind of Atkins has taken at this point just because of his track record and what he's been able to do. But Florida State takes USC offensive line commit from Lincoln Riley, West Coast. Manasi Atiti comes over, a four-star offensive lineman to Florida State. Talented here. I think, Dustin, were you there whenever he came and visited Tallahassee? I was not. Okay. Uh, I was going to say, what he look like? <laughs> <laughs> Did he look big? <laughs> nah, but, yeah, big-time commit, though, for Florida State. Thoughts on him, and then we'll go through the, uh, the next two. Yeah, I mean, it kind of got overshadowed a little bit because of Lester's ceremony <clears throat> the night prior. But, I mean, this is another big one for Florida State, and we've really seen uh, FSU begin to fill out this uh, Tribe 24 trenches class over the last month, adding ITT to Jonathan Daniels and Ty Hilton. And, you know, we'll get to him in a minute. But Jaden Todd as well went from zero commits on the offensive line at the begin- beginning of June to now uh, – I mean, sorry, at the beginning of July – to now four, just, you know, a couple days into August. So a lot of work for FSU on the offensive line recently. But ITT, you know, a guy with all the potential in the world uh, coming in with a really impressive frame. And this is another guy that Florida State's recruiting from the international ranks, uh, originally from Africa and, you know, moved over to the United States to play out his college career. So, I mean, even though he is playing high school ball up in California and ended up committing to USC, location – doesn't really seem to matter to him being a guy who's not even from this country. And, you know, it's going to be a big one for Florida state moving forward. You know, we saw Lucas Simmons come in last cycle, a international recruit from Sweden, Florida state really starting to recruit some of these guys who are originally from other countries and, and have a lot of potential. I think that's what you're going to see with ITT, someone that's going to come in probably slot in and as an offensive tackle. And I mean, could also play on the interior for Florida state, but a pickup that I really like a ton. My goodness, VZ, they're not allowing you to eat in the comments. I mean, they're ripping you apart. My man just got off of work. He grinded, and now he's got to come on here for an hour and a half podcast. Got to let the man have a snack. Yeah, I'm sorry. And you don't want me talking recruiting anyways. So just I'm done <laughs> yeah. eating now. Let, let, let's yeah. survive. And the, the old fans know I used to eat all the time on the podcast. So get, get over it. That's right. Our, our video watchers are a little bit different than our audio. The audio people don't even know you're eating right now, which is perfect. It's true. Well, I'm done now, so it doesn't matter. There you go. Perfect. Well, uh, yeah, we don't need you talking recruiting. We'll stick to Dustin on this one. So let's keep talking here about a few other commits. Florida State landed linebacker Tamir Hickman Collins and also offensive lineman Jaden Todd. Uh, massive, massive player. Dustin, that is a big boy that the Florida State Seminoles. I looked at the Mike Norvell picture next to Jaden. That, that's just a that's <laughs> it's a silly. freak of nature, man. That is a big boy. That is big. But, uh, yeah, I don't know which one you want to start with, but chronologically, if you want to start with Hickman Hollins. Yeah, Hickman Collins, uh, really an under-the-radar linebacker prospect that Florida State picked up over the weekend to add to a three-star linebacker, Jaden Parrish, who's been committed since – Earlier this year, you know, Florida State got him on campus over the weekend for the Seminole Showcase. He went through a workout, and it sounded like the staff saw uh, what they needed to see to give him the green lights. I mean, still an emerging recruit on the national stage, and, you know, we'll see how he does during his senior season. And going over to Todd, I mean, you know, you're talking about not a really good offensive line class um, around the area in this cycle. So to find someone who's 
six foot six, 315 pounds, and has only played one year of high school football. I mean, there's a lot to develop with him. He chose Florida State over some offers from Ivy League schools, also had Virginia Tech, uh, UAB, Liberty, you know, some lower power fives. So this is another one where there's a lot of potential, and we've seen what Florida State's coaching staff has been able to do as far as Atkins molding some of these guys ever since he got to Florida State. Todd's someone that you're going to be molding over the next two, three years to hopefully eventually turn him into a starting caliber lineman at the uh, <clears throat> the college level. But he reminds me a lot of the take in the 2023 class, um, Chris Andre Otto, who recently enrolled at FSU for the summer semester. And, you know, we're going to get our first look at him tomorrow when FSU comes out for preseason practices. But he's another guy who has the frame – um, very smart, had multiple Ivy League offers before Florida State came calling and then eventually chose the Seminoles. You know, two guys with very good instincts and that can develop over the coming years and potentially be diamonds in the rough. You're muted. Damn it. I was just like, what the heck am I doing here? But, yeah, this is a good look at Jaden Todd. Big, big boy. And I think that's a good uh, comparison there. Smart player. But just looking at the physical attributes, though, you can go and sign me up. You can go yeah, and sign me up and see. You're really it seeing that Coach Atkins has a type. He does have a type. Well, there he is. Yeah, speaking of the <laughs> devil. He's like, yeah, yeah, this is this is my guy. But I mean that that body already looks college level to me. I mean, that's that's SEC Big Ten size right there, if you don't tell me, you know what I'm saying? But yeah. That's a nice commitment there for Florida State. And if they're ever putting on the all-white, I mean, can we go ahead and already say that they're most likely committing to the Seminoles <laughs> at this point? I feel like whenever they're in hype videos like that and doing promos after their visits, it's almost like a 90% hit rate at this point. Yeah, but I believe in this 2024 class with the uh, four guys that FSU has committed, I mean, none of them are shorter than 6'4". So, I mean, we're really seeing Florida State – target these bigger offensive linemen guys that can come into Florida state already build up. And then, you know, they can transition them into that college strength and conditioning program and refine their bodies a little bit. But I mean, size is one thing you can't teach. Nope. You cannot do that. Genetics help play a big time role in that as well. But yeah, some nice commits there for Florida state, but heavily led there by Charles Lester and, you know, him getting into some ear for some of these guys and, you know, helping build what Norvell and the staff are trying to do. And they're, he's only continuing to do that. He's mm -hmm. only got a few more days of being able to recruit a certain guy that I think everybody is here to help and also chat about as our chat is absolutely blown up about it. But KJ Bolden, five-star defensive back from Georgia Offers from everywhere across the country, but it seems like it's slimming down to a few schools, including Florida State and Auburn here, potentially at the end. It really just goes to show, I mean, we've talked about them the last couple of episodes, but just seeing what Florida State has been able to do relationship-wise, K.J. Bolden, this is his favorite school, his number one school. He's wanted to play at this school, but can they get him over here? And I know there's a lot of NIL stuff that goes into it. Auburn is probably one of the best colleges right now that has been ahead in the game on NIL Florida State kind of catching up here and you know starting to really make their presence felt you know adding in the ba the battles and the success that they've had but now with Florida State and Florida now they like Florida as the state not the Gators but Florida now allowing these coaches to go in and kind of uh, facilitate and help out 
in some ways of the NIL side of things with some of these other organizations. It helps in Florida State's favor, but can it be enough to land someone this talented? Can Charles Lester get into his ear enough? That's something Lester talked about when we talked about uh, talked to him after the commitment. Who, who are you after? Is there any some? Is there somebody you want to get in the Tribe 24 right away? And it was KJ Bowen. He said he's been in his ear for a while now. And, you know, we've talked with Luke Cromenhawk too. And, you know, he, he's been after him as well. But how much does it take? How Have they done enough to do this? And, you know, this commitment's going to happen on Saturday at 7 o'clock. We'll have full coverage of that. We're hoping to also do another live stream on here. We won't be on site, but we're hoping to have another live stream for you guys on this channel. So make sure you guys are subscribed so you get notified when we do go live. Because the last one, we had about 7,000 people there for that Charles Lester commitments so i highly suggest you jump onto our youtube and subscribe so you get notified but dustin take it away this is a big time recruit man can coach if coach sertan does this without even showing a snap uh, of football in tallahassee on the collegiate level he's got to be like the whisperer man I, i don't know but yeah give it to us yeah, I mean, you've you've got to feel pretty decent about Florida State's chances going into this announcement. Like you said, it really seems like this one's starting to come down to just a couple of schools. And that includes the Seminoles, Georgia, Ohio State, and then Auburn is making a late push for K.J. Bolden after hosting him for an unofficial visit last weekend. I mean, these have kind of been the top schools throughout the recruitment, jockeying back and forth. But it just feels like ever since Florida State got Bolden on campus for an unofficial visit um, back in June, you know, the tide has slowly begun to shift in their favor a little bit. Confidence has begun to build from the Florida State side. But, I mean, at the same time, you're also seeing it confidence from the Auburn side, confidence from the Georgia side. I think the only team that isn't confident right now is the Ohio State side. So a lot of people are confident um, going into Saturday. And, you know, a lot of programs have put their best foot forward in recruiting K.J. Bolden, the five-star prospect, number one safety in the country. But Florida State, I mean, they do have the dream school factor playing in their favor here. Mike Norvell and staff and Coach Sertan as well have done a really good job recruiting um, Bolden. And then you mentioned it as well. A lot of these Tribe 24 guys have been going after Bolden. You know, after his unofficial visit back in June, he actually mentioned Cam Davis and Landon Thomas by name as two guys who from the Peach State as well as Bolden coming after him and recruiting him. And he mentioned Charles Lester at the time, who has now committed to Florida State. Like you said, Lester doing what he can to get Bolden to join him. Luke Cromanhawk has been recruiting everybody to join him in this Tribe 24 class. So Florida State really attacking this one from uh, all kinds of fronts. And are we making predictions right now? I mean, we did last week with Lester. This one is def. What do you think, Des? We're both on the same boat here, where it's a little bit more of a risky, yeah, prediction than last week. We we felt pretty confident, and the one with Lester, but this one's a risky one. So you, you did put one in Discord, though. I did. You did, you did, did. put one in there. So if you're in our Discord, make sure you guys go jump over there. But. I mean, I feel like we, I feel like we have to, and if it's, it can't just only be us. The chat also needs to put in their prediction too, so it's not going to be just us. And don't worry, we can grab the screenshots from all of y'all too. So it goes both ways. Mm. Well, yeah, like I said, um, I feel pretty good about Florida State's chances <clears throat> in this recruitment. Things have been trending 
in the Seminoles' direction over the past couple of weeks. I actually traded a couple of messages with K.J. Bolden the other night and was just trying to get um, his comments, his thoughts on Florida State, adding Charles Lester, and he responded and told me it put them in a good place with me for sure. So, I mean, I definitely think that's something that he's thinking about. It shows that Florida State's going to be able to add elite talent alongside K.J. Bolden as he begins his college career. And, uh, yeah, right now as we sit, you know, Wednesday evening, uh, I've had a couple of sources inform me the same thing. They feel pretty confident about Bolden at this time. So, I mean, I'm going to ride with those guys. And, yeah, K.J. Bolden to Florida State on Saturday. We'll see if it happens. Ooh, we will see. We'll see. I feel I feel the same way. I feel like Florida State has done a phenomenal job with this. And I think with the NIL factor, Battles End doing a great job there. It only increases the confidence level, at least for me on that end. So, uh, Coach Sertan, I mean, it's not over yet whatsoever but you know i think this one you know we're gonna have some things trickling here probably tomorrow and then definitely saturday morning afternoon but uh you know that's what you get when you deal with a player of this caliber so no shocker there we'll be fully prepared for it but we're hoping to hopefully get a full coverage for you guys here on our youtube channel so make sure you guys are subscribed and also hit that like button because it will show up on y'all's YouTube feed mm-hmm. immediately once we do go live and we have a full-on reaction to KJ Bolden's commitment. So should be should be a fun Saturday. Make sure you guys are tuned to that on Saturday at 7 o'clock. Yeah, and like you said, if Florida State's able to pull this one off, we're already starting to hear a little bit of criticism about Coach Sertan on the trail entering June. It's like, man, the guy just got here in January and is working on building these relationships. But I mean, now you see it right there. Right. Morgan, Ricky Knight, Charles Lester, potentially KJ Bolden. Um, we saw Jamari Howard return to Florida state's campus over the weekend for an unofficial visit during the Seminole showcase. That's going to be someone they push to get an official visit from uh, during the fall. So Florida state uh, coach or 10, they're doing all right. Yeah, I think they are. And not just going to pressure anybody here just to get some free likes, but we did say if you want Charles Lester to pick up this, you hit the like button. So, I mean, I'm not pressuring anybody, but uh, if you want to think in that scenario, uh, you might as well hit the like button here on this live as we still got a lot to discuss. We've got board of trustees to go over. We've got fall camp preview from Mike Norvell and coaching assistants. Dustin said that he spent quite a lot of time with Randy Shannon, someone who's also been criticized on the recruiting trail as well. But then we're going to jump into our fall camp defensive preview. Gentlemen, we were all on the board of trustees live stream today, watching the first 30 minutes of, we don't know what the heck they were talking about type of stuff with budget reports and expenses and we need money here and that and nursing stuff. I don't know. Engineering. I don't know where we're going, but uh, once it got close to some ACC talk from uh, president Richard McCullough, then all ears, everybody that live stream started turning up to 2000, 3000 viewers on there. But yeah, I mean, we'll just jump into a discussion right now. Austin, I know you've been you know, keeping this very close to and, and watching it as it unfolds as well. But yeah, Florida State and just going off of the theme of it, Florida State and the Board of Trustees, they're all practically in alignment along with Florida State's athletic director, uh, Michael Alford. They're all in alignment that they, they want to get out of this ACC. They want to get out of this conference. And it, it's very apparent that they're very concerned about the money lost and being 
put behind other colleges, definitely in their region here. I mean, you look at the Southeast, definitely this SEC too. You're behind a lot of those schools that you're competing with recruiting wise. And you're also kind of getting put behind too on the NIL side of things. So there were some really good points being brought up, but this was heavily on the media rights and the ACC and them lacking compared to the other conferences, the other big two, which is the Big Ten and the SEC. But open discussion here, y'all's biggest takeaways, I guess, from what we heard in that about hour, hour and a half meeting. I think it's safe to say it's happening. You know, as as they said in the meeting, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. I'm still of the opinion I think it's going to happen in these next two weeks. To me, this was the culmination of a year's worth of research into the grant of rights and into all these documents with lawyers and attorneys and everything else, seeing what they can get, seeing what their options are. They've been working behind the scenes with the ACC. I'm sure over this last year, they probably Florida state's probably got, you know, a set of guidelines and a set of, I don't know. I don't want to say rules, but they have certain demands that they want. And the ACC just hasn't been willing to give that. And I think today was the, was the warning shot. You know, we have two weeks before the deadline of August 15th. And even the chairman even said it at the end of, you know, I'm sure you'll hear from us soon. We'll, we'll make a decision on it. I, I still think it's going to happen. I think it was a culmination. This is the final warning shot. If you don't get it together in two weeks, you know, we will find a way out of this conference. And they said it, you know, yesterday on a live stream that the grant of rights isn't the document that they're worried about. So Florida State's discussed all their options and they're not just going to sit back and lose, you know, at a minimum, 30 minimum every year. You know, it was, I've I've got to find it again, but it was, it was trustee Justin Roth that said, you know, staying in this conference is equivalent of a death by a thousand cuts. And each cut is a $30 million cut over the next 13 years. It's a hell of a statement. (laughs) Like that's, and and it, it was, it was such a crazy conference, you know, it seemed like so off the cuff, but at the same time, it all seemed very aligned because everyone had something they wanted to say. Mm-hmm. You know, there's someone that brought up Title IX. There was someone that brought up all the women's sports, all the non-revenue sports. Th- this was very, very calculated move by Florida State. They're not afraid of being the big bad wolf to blow the house down. I, like I said, I think this is the final warning shot. And, you know, two weeks from now, we may be in a, looking at a different conference for Florida State. Yeah, this is the most uh... – public comments that we've seen Florida state make so far when it comes to actually exploring, exploring their future outside of the ACC. And I mean, I was surprised, honestly, I was surprised with how deep they went into it, but it's clear that this has become a major source of frustration for Florida state. They've done all they can to work with the ACC on a solution. And clearly it didn't work behind closed doors because now they brought it out into the open. You know, we're going to see if the Atlantic coast conference responds to uh, what happened in Tallahassee today moving forward. But Florida State is looking for a way out. We heard former FSU quarterback Drew Weatherford, now a member of the Board of Trustees. I was very impressed um, with his comments. But like you guys were saying, $30 million per year. And that's not just next year or the year after or the year after that. That's for 13 more years in the ACC's grant of rights and holding spires in, in 2036. What's 30 times 13, guys? It's $390 million that we're talking about over the next decade plus that Florida State would be separated by from, like you said, Florida, Georgia, Alabama, Auburn, all of the schools in this region that are either members of the SEC 
or, you know, the Big Ten. So this is a necessary move for Florida State. And to put it out in the open like this, it shows how serious they are about um, getting out of this conference. And I think, like you said, Austin, it wouldn't surprise me if there's an announcement within the next two weeks. But I think at the at the bare minimum, we're going to hear something before August 15th, 2024, about Florida State leaving the ACC. It is very interesting because you, uh, the Big Ten is set to add USC and UCLA at the beginning of the 2024 season. You would think feasibly if the conference is looking to expand multiple teams, they probably would want to bring all of those teams in at uh, one time. So it's definitely an interesting topic to continue perusing for sure. And that's that's why I'm so certain that it happens this year. It just wouldn't make a lot of sense that if the Big Ten is the move, which is what I've constantly been hearing, is that Big Ten is the preferred destination. It's just more money. You yeah. know, if, if they want to make that move, you know, it makes sense to do it all at once when you're already bringing in USC and UCLA. You bring in Florida State and Clemson. Now you have an entire national conference where you have literally coast-to-coast coverage of any team. You're going to have what you're going to be able to broadcast whatever game you want in prime time. You know, it's the ideal scenario for the Big Ten. And, you know, I'm sure they're looking their chops going, man, we could have, you know, 830 kickoff of Florida State and USC under the Big Ten logo. Like, there's going to there's gonna be so many great matchups if it ends up happening. And I think off the field, you know, that's exactly what Florida State is looking for um, academically, especially with uh, President Richard McCullough recently coming in in 2021. He's putting increased focus on – the research funding and just the educational aspect of Florida State. We've continued to see the university climb in the national rankings. Um, 13 of the 14 schools in the Big Ten are members of the AAU, which, you know, is big when it comes to that research funding and educational aspect. Very prestigious universities moving to the Big Ten would help Florida State continue to elevate academically as well as athletically. And to your point about academically, Florida State's now a top 20 public institution. Like, they've made so many strides since Mm -hmm. even when we were in school just four or five years ago. You know, they've come such a long way in that regard, and that's only going to help their standing in the Big Ten when they, if and when they get all of this research funding. Like Richard had said, also Alfred was in on this, but speaking about their situation in the ACC, uh, President McCullough said, I believe that FSU at some point will have to consider very seriously leaving the ACC unless there was a radical change to the revenue distribution. And this has been a heavy topic for a long while. It's been year after year after year, but it does seem like there's been some accelerated move. When you got Alfred on in your administration, things move quickly. We've seen that. I mean, it's right in front of our eyes. A lot of things, a lot of women's sports improving their um, – you know, a lot of their buildings along with their uh, what kind of their facilities have been improved along with Florida State footballs. We look at basketball to Austin, you know, looking at that training center, the practice training center for uh, Leonard Hamilton's basketball team. That's getting improved right now as we speak, uh, you know, what not what, two years ago too. you know, Alfred was redoing Florida State's practice fields, getting those better enhanced there. So there's a lot of things. And now you're looking at the football only facility that Florida State's pushing towards. But the biggest thing that I got from the board of trustees, too, is that they're having to do a lot of raising fundraising. They're having to fundraise a lot of this money. Why not make it easier on yourself? And why keep on trying these things and having to push? Why not make it easier and have this money just flow to you? And you can push this anywhere across your whole entire university. And then you can sprinkle that, too, also to your athletic department. So 
you know, it was good to see a lot of the board of trustees. I think everybody was in full agreement here that a move needs to be done earlier rather than later and just continuously losing that 30 million a year. It's just not, it's not a good capable measurement of what Florida state as a program wants to do moving forward. It just doesn't make a whole ton of sense, but you know, everybody can be about it. They would, they would love to do this. It would be nice to get this done, but still, you've still got a GOR that you've got to figure out and get out of, but you've also got to help have someone on the outside, like a big time media corporation, like an ESPN or a Fox to come in and help you do this. And or really specifically too, you've got to have other teams and the conference step up and, and make a move as well. That's probably the biggest factor here. You've got to have a Clemson. You would like to see Clemson make a move here in the coming weeks more, maybe specifically you'd like to have North Carolina, That'd be a huge one. If you can get a swing like that, three of your three, some of your biggest college brands uh, and universities on board there, the ACC is in brutal trouble then. You know, it's squashed. And we already know the ACC is squashed. It's just a matter of when. But you've really got to have some other colleges now step up to the plate and make some moves here. I, I don't think they would have said what they said today if they didn't already have a plan to get out of the grant rights. Like the, you don't make statements like McCullough saying what he did with the unless there's a radical radical change to distribution, we'll have to seriously consider leaving. You don't say that unless you've already figured that that plan out. If another university's told you, at least, I mean, you did it publicly in front of you. You're trying. To, I think they're still hoping for another university to come in hand with them. Maybe they're not because. You know, I'm sure there's some of the tobacco road schools that'll be perfectly fine just, you know, sticking with what they've known for 60, 70 years. Yeah. And that, I mean, it's it's everybody, too, trying to figure out really what's in those granted rights. Like, you know, you can't even I don't think you can even bring a phone in there when you're looking at the article pages. Like there's so many question marks that, you know, we can speak of it. We can think about maybe what's happening here. But I'm sure there's 30,000 other things that are kind of barricading Florida state in this situation, but I, I still think they need other universities from the ACC to go in hand in hand here and just explode this thing, and get out of it type of deal. One thing we do know is, you know, they didn't just start this research. President McCullough said this has been going on for well over a year. So they're very ver well versed in this topic um, at this point. And it really feels like they have a plan of attack at the very least that they're getting ready to unfold behind the scenes. I mean, they even said on the stream, whether it's, plan a plan b or plan c there's they're going to figure out this revenue gap one way and i really do think it's going to take leaving the acc because they're not going to be able to fulfill that 30 million uh gap between the big 10 and the sec that's only going to continue to rise because both of those conferences renegotiate their tv deals um once again before 2036 when the acc renegotiates there so that money will just continue to climb and I thought it was a very interesting point from President McCullough to bring up some of the women's teams, you know, um, the basketball team, the softball team, the soccer team, mention some of their accomplishments. Because if you're down by 390 million or more over 13 years, like he said, I mean, it's really hurting not only football, but also an NIL and coaching salaries and building facilities. He said that would affect the Title IX sports you know, as drastically, more drastically than how it, it would even affect football. So we're not just talking about FSU football being behind. We're talking about across the board, um, athletically, the entire program being behind two mega conferences that are being built. And on the flip side, if I forget the exact number off the top of my head, but I believe they said through the boosters, they fundraised 77 million. 
if you can keep that kind of, you know, cash flow while combining that with say a big 10 or SEC media deal, that's a ton of funding that you could put in all these other sports and continue to have, you know, arguably the best women's sports program in the country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The women's sports are incredible in Tallahassee and they continue to perform year after year after year after year. Uh, so it's not just, you know, your football, you got your basketball, you got your baseball, your revenue driving ones, but it just goes to show too the other sports across the whole entire university really does perform at a high caliber. So, I mean, I, I specifically too, just going off of personal opinion, I think Florida state's better fit definitely geography, uh, geography wise, putting them in the sec. I like that easier, easier to travel easier to get to games and you're already heavily recruiting against these other teams and the, and the Southeast anyways, it just makes better sense for me. We'll see if the sec is able to make a move here, you know, we're hearing rumors and reports of the big tens trying to jump in here and they would love to come in right away and get to another state and come down and take uh, Florida state. That would be huge for them. And, you know, Fox would be a big time media deal for the university. But, you know, I think the sec though, you know, I think a lot of FSU fans would be in agreement here. SEC would be the conference that you would like to go to, but in the end all be all, it's going to come down to money. And, you know, I think too, for travel reasons, that will play a factor, but I don't know if that's the driving factor and making, uh, making your pick and selection here. And that's going to come down to money in the end, but you know, I, I still think for Florida State recruiting wise, and I, I think SEC is the better move here. I did think it was very interesting that before they got into all of the ACC discussion, they were talking about Seminole boosters buying two planes. <laughs> two need planes it if you're going to the Big Ten instead of chartering yeah. flights, which you know would save the the program a drastic amount of money, I'm sure over time. So, you know, read the tea leaves. What's going on here? What was that nine million dollars? Yeah, nine, nine million dollars for intense. two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it was two. Just one last thing, and we'll move on here. But it was just good to see some of the other board of trustees talking about Mike Norvell too, and them being honest, saying that they had some big time question marks after the first year with Norvell after the first season that he had. Uh, you know, there there was some question marks there, but now looking at it, him going into his fourth season in Tallahassee, there's a lot of belief. And everybody is behind this program, the athletic department with Michael Alford and the vision that he's brought because there's answers being made that he's fixed those question marks. Mike Norvell has made these strides and they like where the program is going. And it also fits down to academically. Florida State is doing a really good job on the academic side. At least we're talking football program wise. They're, they're making really nice strides there as well. And that's because of Mike Norvell and the emphasis of academics. And, you know, that plays a big time vital role for a board of trustees for your university. I think it's because there's finally one aligned vision, you know, for a while they were dealing with Coburn, whose entire goal was just get us out of the red. Then there was Wilcox who did everything in his power to do everything bad. I feel like now you finally <laughs> have, you have Alford, you have Norvell, you know, we'll see how much longer Coach Hamilton's around. But there's there's so many powerful voices in that room, and I feel like they're they're finally aligned with what they all want for the university and their programs. And I think that's you know that's that's huge for a brand like Florida State. I agree. You really see everyone working as one rather than individuals, and it's really done a lot for the, the athletic department over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep a close eye on this. It's only going to continue. It's just, I mean, if you're not in our Discord, go ahead and join it. It's, it's 
probably I would think before you even wake up, there's 500, 600 messages already sent. But if you guys want to join our Discord, it's down below. Free to join. A lot of fall camp updates coming very soon, starting tomorrow. So make sure you guys go down there. If you're on our YouTube, jump down to the description. Click the Discord link. Free to join. 2,200 plus FSU fans right now, and it's only ramping up. And we've got a channel simply directed towards this realignment, the whole ACC, Big Ten, SEC. There's a whole ton of discussion going there, new tweets, new reports, everything in there. So make sure you guys join our Discord as we head into a busy, busy 2023 season. One more thing. It's been hilarious seeing the backlash from other ACC media. Like, I don't think they realize how much Florida State does for them. Mm -hmm. And even like some of the Clemson media who, you know, Clemson's likely leaving if Florida State leaves to see them be like, oh, what is Florida State doing? It's been funny. That's that, I can't wait to see what comes these next two weeks. I'm really looking forward to this. Yeah, we'll see. We overheard an August 15th date on there. And, you know, we heard over the Board of Trustees meeting, seems like there's a sense of some urgency here. So uh, we'll see. We'll keep you guys fully updated on the show along with NoelGameDay.com. Well, that's my birthday. So if they move on that day, which what do you think is more important? Uh, uh, let me guess. Let me wonder here. What is it? Your 16th birthday? I don't know what else could be more important. 16. Almost. 21st. Yeah. Uh-huh. Mine's on the 17th. So if they want to like, actually, I don't want to deal with that on my birthday. Let's just get it done on your birthday and have two days to maybe still have life. If there's a whole conference change and shift here. I don't know if that'd be a good birthday or a bad birthday. No, you wouldn't hate your life. <laughs> you would have to uh you would have to deliver your food. Your Osaka's would have to be delivered to your house. You would not be leaving your computer. <laughs> Tell the family no hibachi that night. <laughs> but uh and speaking of urgency, let's jump into Mike Norvell's press conference which he has a whole lot of urgency. It seemed like that seemed that was the theme Dustin today at the press conference as they previewed the 2023 season and fall camp. Mike Norvell saying we get 25 opportunities before game one and every one of them is going to be critical. There's an incredible sense of urgency for our growth and I think our team embraces that. Dustin, you were there along with our guy Tommy. What were some takeaways along with also some of the other assistants you were talking to throughout the afternoon? I think the main thing for Norvell is he knows coming into this 2023 season that Florida State has um, an extremely special roster put together that is stacked with experience and some really talented transfers coming in. You know, this is going to be an extremely physical fall camp coming up. A lot of guys going to be battling for starting spots. He mentioned that there are some guys who have started for the program in previous years who might find themselves as backups in 2023 and he's interested to see how the team is going to respond and it's also just going to come down to complacency because a lot of these guys have went through this grind before you know we saw Florida State last season have a very successful year uh, when you get to week six or you know week eight against some middling ACC team it's going to be all about focusing on the fundamentals and just not getting complacent you know taking it week by week and that's another theme for him throughout this upcoming fall camp so I mean and he also spoke about Jordan Travis at length and the developments he's made since he got to Florida State how he believes that he's been one of FSU's most improved players throughout this offseason and thinks he can continue making even bigger strides as he goes into his sixth season of college football so 
you can tell that Mike Norvell's very optimistic about what he has at the table in 2023, and these next couple of weeks are going to tell him a lot about his football team. Definitely a lot of confidence there. Um, you know, Florida State did a big-time job of already getting ready immediately after that bowl game against Oklahoma. This team has been getting after it. And, you know, he talked about that at ACC uh, kickoff, Austin. You know, this team has been working quite a bit, and it's been nonstop working on the transfer portal, also doing things in the weight room, out there on the field, working out. There's a lot of things at Florida State, too, as a leaders. Jordan Travis, Jared Verse, Kalen Deloach, Fabian Lovett, those guys doing off-the-field workouts, planning those accordingly and building those chemistries with newcomers like a Destin Hill, like a Keon Coleman, and still building chemistry with Jaheim Bell, too, from South Carolina. There was a lot of work that had to be done, and Florida State has done a good job. I mean, if you look at some of these accolades and some preseason uh, recognition that these Seminoles are getting, a majority of those are guys that have transferred into Florida State. And, yeah. you know, I think it's really impressive to show, too, what this coaching staff – I don't think we give enough credit for some of these coaching staff – so to this coaching staff that are making some strides and getting these players developed and, you know, getting better year by year by year. Like if we look at Johnny Wilson, I am, I'm expecting a jump in him as well. Uh, and just his different kind of attributes that he's going to bring to this offense. You know, you look at Jordan Travis, a big jump, jump last year, Tony Tokar's his first time being a quarterback's coach on that side and seeing the jump that Jordan Travis made there, there's a lot to like about this coaching staff and what they've been able to do. Uh, speaking of Jordan Travis, Magner Bell talking about him as he enters his sixth, his sixth season of college football. Uh, he said, you sit there and you look at the great ones, the guys that are remembered. Those are the guys that embraced improvement throughout the journey. And that's exactly what Jordan Travis is as a person off the field, also a player on the field and you know, the strides that he's taken have been monumental to take this program to the next level. He's just focused on getting better. And, you know, with that mantra, improving 1% every day. And we've really seen it pay off ever since Mike Norvell arrived in Tallahassee in 2020. Um, it's been impressive to see. I think a lot of us, you know, a couple of years ago, we weren't very high on Jordan Travis, but he didn't care about the outside opinion. He just listened to himself, went to work every day. And I mean, he's proven us wrong. He's proven everybody else wrong. And just his rise now from, you know, what he was a couple of years ago to being a Heisman contender and possibly leaving Florida State as one of the best quarterbacks in program history. I mean, it's not something you see often. The kid definitely has not only on the field being a special talent, but just also what he brings off the field with his mentality, his leadership, the way he goes about things. I mean, it's everything you want in a football player. And it also says a lot about Mike Norvell, Tony Tokars, and even Kenny Dillingham when he was here as well to continue to stick with him and bring the best out of him. He has that mindset. Really, the whole team does. And I failed to mention it last week after ACC kickoff. You know, there's they, are they proud that they won 10 games to add another one to the counter? Yes, but we should have been much better than that. And that's been consistent in, in that desire to keep going, keep getting better, keep getting more consistent. I think this team's going to come out with some fire, this camp. They, they got some things to prove, and they might prove it, honestly. It's a really talented team. <laughs> it's just freaky to think of here. Uh, there's a quote here from Mike saying, I told them this morning this is going to be a real camp. We are going to push. There's going to be great competition. There's going to be unbelievable challenges presented. 
And Dustin, you and I have been to multiple camps of these. These are not easy. I mean, these these suck. Like, I, I go to training camp here. The Bucks. I know NFL regulates some things, what you can and can't do. It's a little bit more safer. Maybe I don't know. But they ain't, FSU ain't getting as many breaks as the Bucks are. I mean, they, these guys are nonstop. You get one water break. That's it. I mean, yeah, you get some guys who come splash some water here, have some water, have a little tiny, teeny, teeny, teeny little break, Dustin. But it is full force. I don't know if that frozen, uh, like, Big old box is going to be out there, Dustin. You might need it. I don't know. I don't know. You should be nervous. You should be nervous going to this. I mean, I'm kind of nervous about going this tomorrow. I might be canceling my plans because it seems like everybody there in attendance is going to be working their ass off. But this is what this camp is going to be. It's going to suck. There's going to be a lot of good competition. I just think the biggest thing too to get out of this got to got to stay healthy, man. If you gotta you gotta leave camp staying healthy and being safe. And no matter what, yeah, guys are fighting for starting spots. And, you know, guys are going to put themselves in some positions to make some plays. So there's going to be risk there. But Florida State is going to want to stay healthy, man. They've got to leave this camp with their starting unit, their, their second-level guys. That, it's got to be a big-time emphasis, I think, for Mike Norvell because he's going to press them very, very hard. We know that, mm-hmm. and his coaching staff does as well. But got to play it safe, though. Uh, put, put a few guys in some bubble wrap here after one week. <laughs> Yeah, injuries are a, a double-headed sword because, you know, you, you want to have guys going full, go out there and competing and not holding back, afraid to get injured. But at the same time, I mean, this is football. It's a contact sport, and people are going to get hurt. I mean, that's just – that's how football is. You you get hit enough times, you're probably going to get hurt at some point. And Florida State, you know, they're just hoping that guys don't suffer any serious injuries, you know, some bangs and bruises. That's typical as you go through these preseason camps. But Florida State last year had, I mean, a couple of guys during the preseason suffer season-ending injuries and also some guys that suffered injuries during scrimmages. You know, you think to Ja'Kai Douglas, he was injured in the preseason and didn't end up coming back until um, the second half of the regular season. So you want to keep your impact players, your starters, your key guys, like you said, as healthy as possible. But at the same time, I mean, injuries are just something that are unpredictable. Yep, they are. Anything outside of that from Mike Norvell to some of the coaching assists? I know you talked with Randy Shannon. You were eating lunch with him during And also, how was the Sunnies? You know, that's one of our favorite go-tos. It was Sunnies. Is it good? No. <laughs> what? Sunnies. I mean, it was all, it was all right. But, okay, here's my main, here's my main gripe. All right, let, let's break it down. Here's my main gripe. Sonny's is, and I might have done this in the spring too, but I'll do it every time until they make a switch here. Sonny's is a barbecue company. It used to be good like 10 or 15 years ago. It's kind of trended downhill over the last couple of years, but it's founded in Gainesville and Mm. it's Florida State sponsor. And right across the road, you've got Four Rivers founded by a Florida State grad with, I'm sorry, Sonny's much better barbecue. For sure. If if we're being honest. It's it's a natural partnership. Now, maybe there might be a little bit of loss in revenue, but it's for the pride. You can't have a company from founded in Gainesville sponsoring Florida state. Mm. Yeah. Florida state's got to do a job there. Maybe, I don't know if Fort rivers can jump in here, but you know, if, if it ain't going to work for the FSU or partnership there, we will highly take you here at hear the spear. So yeah. oh, I, felt, man, I love it. I was pretty uh, upset about it, but I did have a plate. <laughs> of course did, you did. Did you, did you yeah, still you go know. to the one on uh, Monroe? I do not, I do not go to Sonny's normally. 
right, we can't give out any more free advertising. Whatever. Uh, but yeah, uh, yeah, since the views are racking up and everything, I can't get all these free ads. We got to start. We need it. We need a beer sponsor mm. and we need a barbecue sponsor. That wasn't an nice... ad, that was a don't go there. Ad. Yeah, yes, but the four rivers, you know, four rivers. If you're hearing this, or if you got anybody's got the connections here, you know, DM me the number, we'll, we'll talk some business here. We need some, we need a few sponsors. Definitely, food, food would definitely be uh, highly advised but if we can also get some beer involved i mean it's just you know we're we're it's gonna be the top podcast in sports and, and while we're talking what do i have to do to get a four rivers in charlotte i'm begging i'm begging mm, tough scenes tough scenes up there in charlotte for for vz uh all right let's uh, end off the podcast we've got defensive fall camp preview gentlemen this will be our last fall camp preview before the camp begins which actually will be tomorrow so we are really cutting it close here but florida state not 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 a lot of losses here not a lot of losses on the defensive side you lose jamie robinson who i think is going it's going to play an impact for the first little bit of the season for florida state but other than jamie going off to the carolina panthers uh florida state's bringing a good majority of this defense back at least they're impactful players and a highly Highly advertised by Jared Verse, Florida State, bringing him to ACC kickoff, a vibrant guy, a guy that we've had on our show before, too. Highly confident. He came into this camp this time last year, too. Big-time confidence, had to earn the respect from his play, from his teammates. But there's a lot of veterans and some experience heavily, definitely on the defensive line in this linebacker room. You've got experience in a DB room. Uh, just got some question marks in the safety room. But, gentlemen, this should be a pretty good fall camp for the defensive side, and they're going to have their work cut out for them going against this offense, which we talked about last week. There's loads of talent there on the offense, and you feel completely set there with a lot of depth. But defense, there's some there's some position groups that could get a little thin here just working off of experience-wise. There's talent, but there's some raw talent that hasn't hit really the college level. But uh, where would you like where would you guys like to start off with? Probably the the ends or D tackles. Oh, I was gonna say save the best for last. No, oh. say that. Are we gonna go reverse? Let's go reverse. Let's start with the hot topic. I mean, this is really what we need to be talking about, and let's talk safety. You know, Florida State, I think, is at a thin position. They tried to do some work in the transfer portal, but not a whole ton of crazy success there to get the job done. And you're gonna rely on your in-house guys, and there might be some some names moved around. We'll see what happens tomorrow. But Florida State is going to bring back uh, Akeem Dent, who spent last season a little bit injured here and there. And then you've got Shaheem Brown, too, who has some big-time upside. I think, Dustin, all of us here, we're really excited for a full year of Shaheem Brown because he he made some flashes last year, but he just looks like an overall just, uh, you know, a, a decent, smart, Friggin' player. I'm just so excited for Shaheen Brown. Like, I'm already thinking about that. I get to see him tomorrow, but hoping that he'll be a full, complete go for fall camp. But this is still a thin room, man. You know, you're going to have to rely on some youngins like a KJ Kirkland, too, that we saw in spring who had flash here and there. Uh, you know, what, what are y'all's thoughts on the safety room? What's going to be, what's going to have to be done just to have, feel FSU fans to feel a little bit more comfortable going into this 2023 season? Without a doubt, this is the biggest question mark on the defense. Like you said, your projected starters, man, someone's stomach is going. But your projected starters, 
are um, Akeem Dent and Shaheem Brown, like you said, um, Brown, all the potential in the world. And we're going to see as he elevates into a larger role with more snaps, if he can continue to produce. I think with Akeem Dent, you know, a very solid veteran that has made some contributions to Florida State over the years. Main thing for him is just staying healthy. Had a late season foot injury that, that limited limited him down the stretch of the 2022 season. Also wasn't fully healthy for parts of the offseason. So, I mean, we're going to see what he looks like tomorrow. And, you know, Florida State, they are making a move on the roster. They are um, junior cornerback. Kevin Knowles played the, the last two years at nickel for FSU. Dealt with some injuries last year, but he's actually going to be transitioning over to the safety position, something that Mike Norvell confirmed today during his press conference and actually said that, you know, he's excited to see Kevin Knowles in this new spot. Um, has made some really big impacts for Florida State during his first two years with the program has now up to 190 pounds and he came into Florida state at 160. So has made some serious strides with his body. And it sounds like after missing the spring, you know, he's pretty healthy at this point in time. We'll see if he's a full go out there tomorrow, but Florida state is going to have at least, you know, three guys who have played some snaps or four up there at safety. And then after that, you know, you go to Ashlyn Barco, the Juco transfer from Iowa Western, um, like you said about KJ Kirkland, he was another guy that Mike Norvell had some really high remarks about today. Said Florida State feels like they they got a guy in uh, KJ Kirkland, and we're really imp- we're really impressed. And said some of the coaches noticed what he was bringing to the table during spring ball. So I think maybe that's a true freshman that can make an immediate impact and might be one of the guys from that 2023 class that plays the most during his first year on campus. What? We're all super high on Kevin Knowles. You know, we went into last season thinking he was going to take that next step, and it just never quite happened. I think this move to safety might be good for him because he's one of those players that you can move around anyways. Um, I, th- I think he's going to really excel in that role. And, you know, if, say, something happens to Akeem Dan or Shaheen Brown, they can't be full goals, I think he can more than fulfill those spots. But, you know, it is a very thin group that's relying on a lot of inexperience and on a team that has, you know, really high aspirations it's not just the biggest question mark on the defense. You can argue it's the biggest question mark on the team um, outside of returners, like returning kick return, punt return. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've, they've got to get this figured out for sure. Yeah. I think Kevin Knowles for last year too, was dealing with some injuries throughout the season. And yeah. that's something that really limited him and seen some development there. So if he's going to be, you know, hopefully full go, which I think we're expecting for camp tomorrow, uh, I'm interested to see how he mixes and meshes into that safety position because if he can be a go and he can be reliable, that's what you need, man. And he's got the experience in this scheme of Adam Fuller, so he knows this defense very well. So if he can make that transition smooth, which I think he will, a very smart player too, puts, him right, puts himself in the, in the right spots, I think Knowles can um, you know, hopefully make a turn there to help that depth at the safety position. Cause that is definitely a question mark for me. And um, you know, I'm, I'm just really excited to see Brown and I really want to see Akeem Dent stay healthy. Like if I, yeah. if I can just keep Akeem Dent healthy, then that, that's a success for me this season for the safety room, but we'll see if KJ Kirkland, I, you know, you fingers crossed, you don't have to see a lot of KJ Kirkland, the true freshman, but you know, hopefully that can happen maybe in the fourth quarter when Florida state's, blowing out some of their opponents, but I don't want to see him in the second quarter. I don't want to see him at that. Yeah. yeah Got to mention 
But real quick, I'd have mentioned Conrad Hussey as well. You know, Florida State's top defensive back signee in that 2023 class recently got to FSU as a summer enrollee. Tomorrow will be his first practice um, as a Seminole as well. And, you know, there are a lot of expectations for him coming into Florida State as a highly ranked safety. We'll see if he's able to rise to the occasion quickly. But, you know, just based off the freshman coming in, I feel like Kirkland's got to have the better shot to make an impact after going through spring ball and, um, you know, the tour of duty, being with the team throughout the whole offseason, I feel like is going to benefit him uh, a, a ton moving into fall. Let's jump over to cornerback, and we'll talk like a little bit mix of nickel here as well. But Florida State bringing back their who I thought was a stud last season for FSU. People still giving some question marks about him. I don't, I don't understand why. But Renardo Green will be making his return to the cornerback position, and then you know you kind of got some little bit of question marks here. I would say is a little bit more of a slower start for Fentrell Cypress more than we expected, maybe from Virginia, but honestly, you're getting a hold of a whole new playbook. You know, that, that doesn't bother me too much until we see maybe unless there's some lacks lackluster understanding of the system going through camp, then yeah, maybe there should be some question marks there, but cause you've got Azra Thomas, who's been in this program. Now he's going into his second year who got a good amount of playing time last year. He's got the physical attributes and Florida State and Coach Sertan, Adam Fuller, extremely high, extremely high on Azray. Um, and then you've got Jerry and Jones as well, just trying to figure out where they're going to put him, nickel position. There, there's definitely a, a few things that Florida State's going to have to figure out here, but they've got the talent. It's just depending on, you know, Fentrell Cypress and, and, and getting down the system. But you know what he already did at Virginia. He's an impactful player, and it would not be surprised whatsoever to see him starting on the opposite side of, of Renardo Green. It's going to be a really interesting battle, uh, like you kind of alluded to. I think Renardo Green pretty much has a starting spot locked down, and then it's kind of going to be the battle between Fentrell. I think Fentrell and Jerry and Jones, and then also AZ is going to be sprinkled in there some for that battle uh, for the other outside cornerback spot. And then inside at nickel, really seems like Greedy Vance is probably the favorite here, and then you're going to, depending on how Jerry and Jones does in that battle on the outside, he's probably going to contribute in there at nickel as well. But, I mean, regardless of who ends up in that starting lineup, you've got five um, really experienced, really talented cornerbacks um, coming into the 2023 season. I think Fentrell ultimately ends up winning that starting spot. But, you know, it sounds like AZ has made some serious strides this offseason. Jerry and Jones um, really became solid for Florida State during the back half of that 2022 season. I think he's a little bit underrated going into this fall camp with what he can provide. And he's also in excellent shape. And then Greedy Vance as well. Seems another guy who has made some serious strides this offseason. Obviously, he's a little bit of a smaller cornerback and a little bit tough for him to get in there and run support at times. But, I mean, this is a guy that led Florida State in interceptions um, a season ago. So I think with those five, you've got a very solid nucleus at cornerback. And we'll see if maybe some of those true freshmen are able to get into the mix. But I would imagine those guys and maybe Kevin Knowles as well, working a little two-time action between safety and cornerback will soak up the majority of snaps. There's a ton of talent in this corner room. I mean, you're bringing in a guy that was first-team All-ACC last season and preseason All-ACC, all which we didn't get a chance to talk about yet. You have Jerry and Jones, who came a long way last season and is, you know, I think a good corner now. I think he's unfairly hated on. You have Azare Thomas, who everyone in that building is really high on. You have Renardo Green, who, you know, I think is as talented as anybody on the roster. He really showed up a big way, especially early on last season. I know he dealt with a couple of nagging injuries, but 
it's just such a talented group. I can't wait to see how they find a way to get everybody involved. Um, you know, if Fentrell Cypress gets caught up to speed on the system, that combo of him, Bernardo Green, Jerry and Jones, and Greedy Vance, that's that's a really good group. And I mentioned it last week. I don't think Florida State, you know, Logan, you said it as well, um, with uh, Fentrell Cypress kind of having a slow, spark, slow start there to spring ball and struggling a little bit at times. I don't think Florida State's worried about it at all. I brought it up last week, but Mike Norvell – you know, said that they've already got an all ACC player coming into Tallahassee and Fentrell, and they think he's just going to be on an even bigger level uh, moving now that he's with the Seminoles and moving into this 2023 season. So it sounds like there's another level is to his game that FSU feels like they can unlock. Yeah, I'm not too worried about Fentrell. Uh, you know, getting to spend the summer too, working against these wide receivers too, getting a feel for what they're like. You know, new system as well. Fentrell, I think, is going to be fine, and he's going to be developed. Uh, but, yeah, I'm high on Greedy Vance. I'm super high on that kid. He brings great energy. He's going to be a leader on this defense, too, so keep an eye out for him. But, yeah, he, he's going to be a big-time impactful player for Florida State this upcoming season. Leading Florida State last year, like you said, Dustin, in interceptions. He puts himself in the right spot at the right time. So, very, very high on Greedy. And, meanwhile, we're over here in the chat. We're making relationships happen. We've got Ariel in here, and we've got Tad Seems like they're going to start dating here. Uh, this is what we do at Here the Spear, man. I mean, creating relationships. Who knows? This might be our future here on YouTube. So, match.com slash no game day. This, hey, might be, this might be the first robot marriage I've ever seen. I don't know if it's robots or anything, but Ariel, Tad, send us a DM if y'all end up taking a picture together or something. You know, we need to get our recognition that we made I'm this so happen. confused. On our fall <laughs> camp defensive preview podcast here. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. If you want to find your future wife or, or husband, we got you on here. The spear. Uh, let's jump over. Now, where do we want to go? We want to go linebacker. We're trimming down to the best and that's going to be the defensive line, DE, all that kind of stuff. So let's talk linebacker here. Randy Shannon coming into his second year as linebackers coach. He's bringing the same unit back again, at least his starting unit, but uh, DJ Lundy who put on what another 10 pounds this off season, You've got Kalen DeLoach, who represented Florida State at the ACC kickoff, Austin. Um, and then, you know, Florida State still has the talent. And I'm over here just still looking at the chat. I don't know why I'm looking at the chat. I'm just getting just <laughs> too much distraction. Dustin, did you, like, hide your camera because you were laughing? No, I had to, my dog was going crazy. Oh, yeah? Was that what it was? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. But, yeah, this linebacker unit, man, uh, led by Kalen DeLoach, uh, DJ Lundy, Tatum Bethune, you know, the big time to have Tatum Bethune come back to for another season, who was also banged up. I think he told the media, you know, he was banged up from like top to bottom going through the season last year, but was still able to play. So a full healthy Tatum Bethune will be a big time factor for Florida State in this linebacker room. And then you've got some other, some younger guys too that have came, uh, you know, Omar Graham Jr., who I think is going to see the field quite a bit in 2023. Uh, like Nicholson too, who we've heard from the coaching staff really high on him as well. Uh, you've also got Ward in there, a youngin. But you know, Florida State, if if Blake Nicholson and Omar Graham, I think, and too, if Ward is able to make some strides there, I feel a lot more comfortable in this in this linebacker room than I did earlier in the off season. It, this room doesn't worry me for this year. It, this is a concern for twenty twenty four. You know, you yeah. you know what you have in Caleb Dillard, you know what you have in Tanner Bethune, you know what you have in DJ Lundy. 
and you only play two linebackers anyways. So as long as you're rotating those three guys, you know, you're going to really like what you have at linebacker. It's when you have to, like, if and when you're going to have to rely on those Omar Grahams and DeMarco Wards and those Brian Courtney's. That's when you, the concern happens. But like I said, that's a concern for next year. It doesn't worry me at all for this year unless, God forbid, knock on wood, a couple injuries happen. Yeah, you pretty much uh... – nailed my point. Um, I feel like Florida State's in a very good spot this year when it comes to linebackers returning your top three um, guys in the rotation for the second straight year. You know, they all know their roles in this defense. They're all pretty healthy at the moment and feels like they should just continue to build on what they were to produce last year, which was probably the best year by a Florida State linebacker group. And I mean, a hot minute. You know, we, we've seen some bad Florida State linebacker rooms over the last couple of years. I think you've really got to like what you have in this trio. It is going to take some staying healthy for those three guys. But, I mean, it's doable after what we saw last year. And then I think Omar Graham, you know, he's ready to jump into that four spot in the rotation that was previously held by Brendan Gant. Sounds like, uh, you know, speaking to Randy Shannon, Omar has made some real strides um, this offseason. He also credited the veterans in that le- in that room for, you know, leading some of these guys. Tatum Bethune was someone that Florida State selected to break the rock to conclude the offseason workouts. You know, it really shows the leadership role that he's taken since transferring in a year ago from UCF. That was something Mike Norvell addressed during his press conference, said that Tatum is one of the heartbeats of this team. And then also Kalen DeLoach, a guy who's been here – um, as long as Jordan Travis, you know, dating back to that 2019 season, one of the guys who has really seen it all when it comes to Willie Taggart's tenure and then the transition to Mike Norville and everything that's taken place over the last couple of years. So you've got two really good veteran leaders up there at the top and then DJ Lundy as well doing his thing. I think you've got to be excited with that room. And like you said, Austin, it's going to be a concern in 2024 because you're going to lose Deloach. You're going to lose Bethune. We'll see what happens with Lundy, you know, moving forward. But you're going to at least lose the top two guys in that room, and you're going to have to turn to some guys who have a lot of potential but haven't proved it yet. So it's going to be something to worry about in 24, but I feel like that's a room that is potentially a strength for FSU in 2023. It, it yeah. would have been an extreme luxury if you could have had, you know, Steven X Jr. or Amari Gaynor or even Brendan Gantt stick around for another season just to have that one more quality, experienced option. But you still really like what you have there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, y'all couldn't set it any better. I'm super high for Omar Graham Jr. as well. And I really liked what we saw developmental-wise from DJ Lundy in coverage last year. So he put on more pounds, though. But, I mean, when we saw him in the spring, though, that man was lean, lean. And Randy Shannon gave him a lot of props during our, you know, meeting with him going into, you know, the spring, just talking about what he's done with his body. So he's added on 10 more pounds. So interested to see how he looks. It's mainly just for fullback size, honestly. That's mainly for the Lundy package this upcoming fall. All right, let's get to the fun part here. The goodies, probably Florida State's one of their biggest strengths going into this season. And it's going to be Florida State's defensive line. Do we want to start on the edge or do we want to go on the inside first? I feel like we start on the edge and then we move on the inside because there's a lot to discuss more, I think, on the inside than anything. But let's start on the outside of this line. Florida State bringing back a first-round talent with Jared Verse put on a show week one in college football against LSU. You just saw the capabilities and the energy that he brings, the effort. It's just nonstop. Uh, Big-time leader now jumping into that leadership role, uh, earning the respect from his teammates, you know, and the tenacity. That, that's probably one of the biggest reasons I want to get up there tomorrow is see Jared versus attitude and 
his energy that he brings. It, it really, it comes all the way to the media, man. It gets you hyped to get in there for practice. And I'm really interested to see who he's going to be trash talking. That's just who he is. Um, but once he's off the field, it's over. And, you know, he's a good guy in the locker room. But, uh, you know, that. And then you got Pat Payne. These are going to be your starters on the defensive end side of the ball. And, you know, Pat Payne, there's a lot of things that I think still you want to see him improve on. He's showed some flashes definitely in last year. But, you know, getting to the getting to the quarterback and the pass rusher, some things that he'd get better on. He's really nice in the in their run game, and he's only getting better there. But Florida State highlighted by those two guys, and you've got a transfer with Gilbert Edelman, too, that I think Florida State is hoping to get some impact from him this upcoming season, too. But just overall, you know, there's some other names, too, to talk about. What are y'all's thoughts on this room uh, going into this season? I'm interested to see how it plays out because, like you said, you kind of know who's going to be at the top of the rotation uh, with Jared Verse soaking up a ton of snaps, Patrick Payton continuing to increase his role coming off that campaign where he was named the ACC's Defensive Rookie of the Year. And then you have Gilbert Edmond coming in from South Carolina who was able to go through spring practice with the team and is continuing to acclimate himself. Seems like he'll be a solid number three for Florida State in that rotation. But then after that, you know, you've got to find a reliable four and five that you can lean on at some points in games. I think the two most probable options to potentially fill that role, Byron Turner, who impressed some during the spring and has continued to add weight and develop. We'll see if he's finally ready to make an impact uh, in 2023 after dealing with some injuries during his career. And then you've also got um, the Juco coming in, Jaden Jones who Florida State was able to sign as a member of that 2023 class, one of the top junior college prospects in the entire country. Um, you know, he was limited during the spring, still working his way back from an ACL injury. But um, JP confirmed to me today that he's a full go for the fall. Florida State still going to ramp him up um, slowly as he gets going. But it sounds like, you know, he's ready to get into that competition to get into the mix at defensive end. So a ton of talent there at the top of the unit, but, just depending on how things go throughout the season, you know, injuries, things like that, you're going to need to find some guys throughout this fall camp that can potentially contribute on the edge. And I'm also not counting out the possibility. We're going to get to the interior guys, but Braden Fisk has the frame to play on the outside in certain packages. Dennis Briggs obviously began his career um, at Florida State as a defensive end and has kind of moved between that uh, edge and interior throughout his career here in Tallahassee. So I think worst comes to worst, you know, those are two guys that you can flex out in certain situations. So from the outside looking in, you know, maybe there's a little more depth than you actually think. I do have to correct you on one thing, Logan. Uh, Jared Verse does not trash talk. He has casual conversations. Oh, they're casual. Okay. Uh, According to Verse, they're just casual conversations. I've heard a Um, lot of of interesting casual conversations (laughs) at these practices. I will say that. (laughs) Um, Yeah, but Dustin, you nailed it. It's you know what you have in your top three for the most part. It's really about who can step up in that four spot, whether it's Jaden Jones, whether it's Byron Turner. I think Florida State would prefer it be Byron Turner for him to take that next step forward. Um, but they got to figure out something in that rotation just in case someone goes down with an injury or someone misses, has to miss a drive or whatever. They, they got to get that figured out. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping, you know, Byron Turner, uh, looking at the weight changes, didn't put on a whole a lot of pounds there, Dustin. So I'm hoping that, you know, we see, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You know, the biggest thing for him was just staying healthy and he dealt with that throughout the year. And then we saw him in the latter half of the season going to the bowl prep. We had a lot of flashes there, but you know, Florida state, 
hoping to see some strides made from Bolden. But I will say, though, looking at Edmund, he's probably one of the most athletic ones in that room. That guy can move, and I'm interested to see how that works with his pass rush as well. Doesn't have the much power, definitely, of Jared versus not anybody in about the country can do that right now of his caliber, but extremely athletic. So I'm uh, interested to see what he'll look like this fall camp. And, you know, he's going to have some good – I mean, this right here is iron sharpens iron. Florida State's got some good offensive tackles right here. I think that's just only going to help them, you know, get better as they get prepared for their season kickoff against LSU. Now let's move into the interior defensive line to finish off this episode. This is where the goodies are. I mean, it's just stacked with talent and with experience, too. It's not just talent, but with college experience. Um, you know, still waiting on a waiver here from Daryl Jackson, but just starting off here. Fabian Lovett, guy that's been with the program for a long while, didn't know if he'd be staying or not, dealt with an injury after – I mean, during the LSU game there at the very end in the fourth wow, quarter. Isn't that crazy? Isn't that crazy to think, about, think about that he dealt with that throughout the season? You're hoping now you'll get a full caliber, healthy Fabian Lovett, at least get into week one. But uh, Braden Fist comes in as a transfer. You got Joshua Farmer where there was a hole. Remember our Joshua Farmer episodes, man, when all that drama was going on and chatter about him hitting the transfer portal. Oh, my God, he's going to go with Daryl Jackson now to Miami. What's happening here? Uh, yeah, Joshua Farmer comes back. Um, and then you've got Daniel Lyons, too, who Dustin, you and I are very high on and has really made some good, good, good developmental uh, strides with coach Hagens. This whole defensive line room is stacked. You got Dennis Briggs as well in here, depending on how they're going to use him. Uh, it's just, it's just, uh, it's just wild. And we're still waiting on Daryl Jackson here on getting his waiver. It just seems like the NCAA is going to maybe potentially just screw FSU here, which would definitely, definitely suck. But, uh, thoughts on this uh, defensive line room, guys? And, and you've got some youngins. you got some guys that haven't proven, haven't gotten a lot of playing time, like Ayobame Tafase, who brings a lot of energy, extremely strong, uh, you know, can provide a nice bull rush down up the middle. It, it just doesn't stop, guys. I, I don't know what else to say. <laughs> yeah, we've talked about some uh, deep and talented defensive line rooms at Florida State, but – I mean, man, this is making a run at the best one in recent history. Just, I mean, looking at the the room, the guys in it, you've really got six or seven names that can enter that starting lineup, and I don't think anyone would really blink about it. And, you know, you didn't even end up mentioning Malcolm Ray, who was a guy that yeah. started games for Florida State last year and was out during the spring recovering from an injury. There's just so many guys. And I think Florida State, this is really going to be – it's going to depend on the matchup and the opponent they're placing. I think they'll have different fronts for, you know, different different schemes and stuff like that. But it's a heck of a defensive line with the amount of versatility across the entire unit. And like I said earlier, there's guys in this room that could potentially play some defensive end if needed. Uh, you got to be really excited because last year, Florida State, they had – they had a solid nucleus there at the top of that defensive line, but then guys got banged up throughout the year, and we really saw um, the play deteriorate deteriorate throughout the 2022 season. I think you're in a position now where, you know, if Fabian Lovett is forced to miss a couple weeks or Joshua Farmer gets dinged up and is out for a game, you've got enough guys behind them to replace – I mean, not replace them, but play at enough a level where it's not some massive drop-off 
like we saw at times last year. I mean, think back to the first game without Fabian Lovett. Um, FSU goes to Louisville on a Friday night. And, I mean, man, they were just gushing Florida State up the middle on some of those runs and just absolutely made the defensive line look silly. I think Florida State's in position for that not to happen again in 2023 if some guys go down. And you didn't even mention the NC State game. Florida State lost the NC State game because they didn't have Fabian Lovett. And a BS targeting um, goal. Oh, yeah, that too. Um, the the amount of talent and depth Florida State has in the trenches on both sides, the offensive line and defensive line, is just absolutely absurd. And you, you have you legitimately have nine guys in this defensive tackle room that you feel good about, and only two can get on the field at a time. It's absolutely insane. Uh, like you mentioned, if if someone has to miss a week or if someone gets deemed up and has to miss a drive or whatever, they can they have a number of options to choose from. You know, Malcolm Ray showed some real flashes towards the end of last season, and he's going to be the, the ninth defensive tackle. Like, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. And I forgot to mention, too, when we were talking about Jamie Robinson being gone, you know, Robert Cooper, he's been with the program for so long. But his impact, you know, there'd be a few times in games, yeah, you would see it. But I, I think Fabo is super excited to have Braden Fisk alongside with him, dude. Like, it's going to be two different animals being in there. if we're being honest, like I think everyone's excited at this there. Yeah. And, and, and Jared Verse was talking about it. Yeah. Jared Verse. I was just about to bring that up. Austin Jared Verse was saying that Brady Fisk brings that same type of energy, yeah. which I don't know if that's like going to be available to be an option and during camp. And like the, both the exact quote was, he's the only person I've ever met that can match my intensity. That's a yeah. scary sentence. That is extremely scary. That's ridiculous. Yeah. People people have forgotten about Brandon Fisk. I've been talking about him this whole entire offseason. I know that he wasn't able to be a go in uh, the spring, and you know he was still rehabbing and such. But whenever he walked into practice, there is a different kind of attitude that he brings. And you know we're going to have a whole ton of videos and photos coming out tomorrow when those guys arrive. But he's one of those, like, oh, shit, you know, practice is about to begin and it's about to suck if I'm an offensive line. That's just kind of what he looks like coming in. And, you know, Jared versus Jared versus it's going to be the same way. It's going to be a nightmare for the next two hours for you. So to have that kind of energy come in and that attitude is exactly what Florida State as a program, as a football team needed. And Jared versus brought that and brought that last year. It got guys out of their comfort zone. Nobody could just sit there and be quiet. Either you nut up or you shut up. And that's exactly what Braden Fisk and Jared Verse can bring this defensive line. But super excited about the Western Michigan defensive line transfer. I'm ready to play football. I'm sweating. I'm ready to hey. go. We're here, baby. Less than 24 hours from now, the first practice of fall camp will be over. Yep, yep. And let us know in the chat, too, if you want us to do an instant reaction podcast. We'll, we'll get that done for you guys. If not, we'll talk to you guys next Wednesday. But um, if, if, it just feels like there's too many good storylines that, you know, we could jump on for 15, 20 minutes on here and give you guys some good scooper from what we saw. Um, but Next week, we're going live on Tuesday, right? Yeah, next cool. next week we're gonna go we're gonna go live on Tuesday because Dustin is having to travel with Tommy over to Jacksonville for the doubleheader of practices at UNF that Mike Norvell is going to be bringing a team over for. So a Tuesday night one, I don't know if we'll be able to have VZ or not, but I'll make it work. We can, yeah, we can even push it back a little bit too. So, um, but yeah, this was this is a great podcast, gentlemen. We did our offensive offensive preview, defensive preview. We'll discuss special teams. Uh, you know, I think we've talked about excited, talked about some capabilities here. You know, 
punt return, kick return. I think we'll have a better understanding, <laughs> better understanding tomorrow too. But I'll tell uh, you what, I don't think uh, JP was expecting to get a, a question today um, about FSU's long snapper transfer. Long snapper transfer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, but I had to, to. I had to ask. Did you? Oh, you did. <laughs> should, should we talk about the the long snapper watch list? James but, Rosenberry getting some. I don't. Goals. I don't have it up here on my screen because there's just so much stuff. He was my guy. Play. You know, whenever we did that long snapper preview, that was that was who I went <laughs> with. And yeah, I mean, look at him now. Let's uh, let's jump through this real quick, real quick. But pun returner, uh, you know, Jakai Douglas. We saw him getting some work in. Vondravis Jacobs, I believe, too. Right during the spring, Dustin was getting a little bit of work, and then we're Winston expecting did. Dustin Hill yeah, too. Dustin. Dustin Hill to also get an opportunity here at at uh, pun return. Trey, uh, we'll see Trey Benson kick return. Uh, could also be Destin Hill potentially at kick return as well. Ja'Kai Douglas. Um, Deuce, Deuce Span, it sounded like, uh, really is impressed at kick return as of late. That's who I want to see. Kaiseya Holmes and Winston Wright also got some mentions from uh, Mike Norvell. And then, yeah, for the punt return, I mean, you are, we already kind of mentioned all these guys, but he talked about Toa Philly, Douglas – and Destin Hill specifically at those positions. But I would imagine FSU is going to have, you know, five or six guys working at both of those, especially because you don't have Micah Pittman anymore. You don't have you don't have a player on the roster who's returned to punt at the college level or returned to punt last season for Florida State. So, I mean, this is huge because that was an area of concern during uh, the 2021, especially the 2021 season. I mean, you think back to that final game of the year. I don't know if anyone remembers it, but – a muff punt in Gainesville yes. was pretty much I remember that. Florida State's chance hopes of getting to the postseason. Mm. That's mm. an extremely important spot for FSU. And, I mean, same thing with the kicking unit, which is going to be an extremely close battle between Ryan Fitzgerald and Tyler Keltner. I think Fitzgerald has a slight edge based on what he did during the spring, was a little bit more consistent, had a little bit longer range than Keltner. But, I mean, it's it's very close. You know, a couple good practices from Keltner might be enough to swing it in the other direction. As big of a special teams guy as Norvell is, he'll get it figured out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll see. I, I would really like to see Deuce Span at kick return and make that next step just because of the speed that he can bring there. Imagine him and Destin Hill being back there. Woo! Goodness gracious. I'm fine with that. Yep, so we'll see. It's going to be a fun fall camp. We've got a fun month ahead before Florida State takes on LSU in a top-10 matchup. We'll also have AP rankings come out next Tuesday, so maybe that's a good – spot to do our show so we'll actually have uh, the rankings for florida state and lsu before mike Norvell takes on brian kelly for the 80th time it feels like uh but yeah a ton of coverage coming y'all's way uh, all over the place on our socials make sure you're following us on tiktok we got thirty thousand on tiktok i was like what in the world is going on there but we have thirty thousand on tiktok we're on instagram we're on facebook we're on tw- i'm still saying twitter i'm not saying x we're still on twitter and we're all across on YouTube, too. Going to be posting a lot for you guys, interviews, shorts, everything of that nature. So make sure you guys are following us. And also get in our Discord. We've cleaned it up a little bit. A lot of good discussions going on there. It's in our description down below on podcast streams and on YouTube. So hit that Discord link down below and join. It's free to hop on there with 2,200-plus FSU fans. 
But yeah, we're here. Football season has arrived in Tallahassee. Looking forward to being up there in the A5O alongside Dustin and our guy Tommy. Full coverage coming to you guys. Make sure you follow us on socials. We will see you guys next Tuesday evening. Don't really have a time set, but we're going to hopefully be at the same time at 7 o'clock. So yeah, as always, you can listen to this podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify. If you're on YouTube right now, hit the like button before you leave. Over 100 likes on there tonight, so appreciate everybody hopping on there. And yeah. That's going to be it. We'll see what KJ Bolden decides to do on Saturday at 7 p.m. Everybody, have a great rest of y'all's week, and we will talk to you guys next Tuesday, hoping for 7 p.m. See you guys. Mama told me, not to sell work, mama 17